<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hello, everybody. This is The Great America Show, all about the American way in every way. Thank you for being with us as we together endeavor to protect and defend this great constitutional republic of ours. The forces arrayed against America from within are powerful, intent. They were once, for the most part, silent, out of sight, content to subvert and influence government from within their lairs. But as they've successfully insinuated themselves throughout our federal bureaucracies, they've become not only more confident, but arrogant pressing into public view and unafraid of oversight or consequence, knowing how powerful they've become, not only in positions held, but in sheer numbers within our federal government. And the ideological imperatives of the subversive forces within our government, our permanent bureaucracies, are without question Marxist leftists pressing their ideology throughout our government. And the ideological imperatives of the subversive forces within our government, our permanent bureaucracies, are without question Marxist leftists pressing their ideology throughout government. And there is no doubt that the left's winning that ideological war from within, while authoritarian, totalitarian governments, in conflict with all that is America from outside, have failed. These internal forces, now public, are attacking our culture, our heritage, and founding values and institutions. Critical race theory, CRT, is only one of the neatly packaged ideological weapons employed by the left for the simple reason that it works, whether in government at all levels or in public schools, where teachers attack daily the American way through CRT and thereby indoctrinate our children by the millions. Today, our guest is Luke Rosiak. He's the author of the important book, Race to the Bottom, Uncovering the Secret Forces Destroying American Public Education. Congratulations on your book, Luke, uh, which we recommend to all, and thanks for the great service to the country in writing it. Welcome to the Great America Show, Luke. Great to be with you, Lou. Our children are our most precious, precious uh, part of uh, our lives, uh, and uh, uh, along with our grandchildren. Uh, I wonder, I wonder how in the world we're going to be able to protect them from what is obviously a, a public education system that has been taken over by the quote unquote woke Marxist left. I mean, Public education is pretty much the biggest thing that the government does. We spend about a trillion dollars a year on it, and yet the results are horrible. We got 36% literacy rate amongst 12th graders, 24% proficient in math. It's a total failure, and uh, the extent to which they're willing to harm children to advance the financial uh, desires of the adults who work at this place is like we saw during the coronavirus shutdowns is it just kind of shocks the conscience. Uh, I saw the headline 
this week that something like half the kids in Los Angeles uh, are just kind of lost now. They're like chronically truant because they shut down schools for two years and now they want them back. But it's like the kids are just off the grid. And all of this was totally predictable. But the teachers union wanted to shut down schools and then use the reopening as like a, a leverage for like this hostage negotiation. So they got their $130 billion. I, I hope they're happy. But um, what we're looking at is essentially the the destruction of this country within the next decade if we can't turn this around because you, you can't have a, a country with kids that that can't read. No one is holding those teachers unions accountable. And look, I want your opinion on this. Should we make every effort known to man to get those teachers unions out of our schools? Yes, absolutely. And uh, this isn't even a, a, a partisan thing. This isn't Democrats versus Republicans. It's special interests versus children. Um, schools do not exist to employ adults. They exist for one reason only, which is to educate children. Uh, and, and so, you know, I think obviously one of the things we can do is charter schools is our, or excuse me, school choice, where we would get the money. We currently spend $17,000 a year per child. Uh, and, you know, the teachers unions love to say that schools are underfunded. They have to say that to explain their horrible results because people are like, oh, you know, you only managed to get 11 percent of kids to be proficient in American history. Something there must be some reason why other than total incompetence. It must have been a lack of funding. But once you realize 17 grand per year per kid, that's a lot of money. So it is incompetence. Um, so, you know, it's it really is a bipartisan or transpartisan thing after people woke up with the coronavirus. As you said, these problems existed for decades. People just kind of were forced to, to reckon with them in the last couple of years. But you saw Asians who really value academic achievement and hard work. Um, becoming motivated to become politically involved and push back against this woke stuff. You saw traditional Democrat voters in Virginia, where I am, who voted for Glenn Youngkin because they realized that what's going on in the schools is illiberal and it's irrational. Um, and if another thing that has a bipartisan support is uh, vouchers. You know, most black Democrats want to be able to send their kids to private schools or charter schools or wherever they want with the money that we're already spending. And so I wonder if you could get that on the on the, on a referendum where it's put right to voters on a ballot, it could potentially pass. And the, the Democratic politicians, of course, aren't going to let it happen because they do whatever the teachers union tell them to. But this is something that actually Democratic voters would even support. And once we have vouchers, then the schools actually have to care what parents think because they become their customers. But right now it's clear that they treat us as parents with just total contempt. With total contempt and uh, with such arrogance, I can't, I can't even imagine that we've reached this point when one, only one out of 10 teachers are actually teaching a subject to our students that the teacher has majored in. Their level of understanding of most of these subjects is highly questionable. We know that uh, they are not uh, leading the class uh, in terms of their own educational achievement. They're getting certificates in teaching. So let's get, let's get real on this issue. These people have to be performing at a higher level. Uh, and, mo and many of them look at it as a sinecure, uh, a, a cushy job uh, with a lot of time off. And, oh, yeah, I'll put up with the brats if I have to. But that seems to be the general attitude. And, oh, yes, they belong to a union. So go to hell, everybody. 
Yeah, that's right. Uh, I, I think there's we're being told that, you know, you have to defer to the experts because they know best. They're the educators. Parents don't know what they're talking about. Look, teachers go. Teachers have the lowest SAT scores of any major. Literally, like gender people who go to college to study gender studies have higher SAT scores than teachers. It's literally the bottom of any major. And a funny thing happens: then they graduate from college with their diploma in education, and they have the highest GPAs of any major. And the reason is because there's essentially no standards. It's anyone can get an A in like teaching, you know, the education degree. So I wish I'd, I wish I'd have known that sooner. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really a joke. There's really no standards. Anyone can become a teacher. And yeah, they do. They get them they, on, this unnecessary master's degree that's not in the subject they're going to teach. It's in the subject of education, which is yeah. really just brainwashing. I, I went through the uh, the records of the education conferences where the professors get together and, and, you know, talk about, you know, basically how they're going to train the teachers. It mentioned critical race theory 157 times and reading only 53 um, times. So they're talking, <laughs> they're, they're talking about actual academics only a third as much as they're talking about ideology. Uh, it's amazing because you know the, the old expression, uh, which uh, this younger generation probably is unaware of, was you go to school for reading, writing, and arithmetic, uh, and those three subjects, uh, are, you know, you have to really work hard to find them being uh, being taught well anywhere in any public school. And the truth is, we don't even begin to start talking about meritocracy in our public education uh, system. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, when they created specialized schools like magnet schools across the country and in New York City, they call them specialized schools like Stuyvesant. The idea was to get away from the elite, the rich old white people that controlled everything and just say, let's do everything based on merit. And so they created these schools that by law, you had to get in only based on how you did on the test. So you couldn't use your connections or your political donations or your society stature to get in. And it was just, it totally leveled the playing field. And that was great. It was the American dream. And you actually in schools like Stuyvesant, you know, how you have a ton of Asians who are like immigrants coming here with nothing, dirt poor. And through hard work, they succeed in America. And it's a wonderful thing. We see the American dream alive and well. Uh, but the activists who run education in America now, they've come out against meritocracy and, in fact, against objectivity and against the American dream. I've seen lesson plans where they tell young kids that the American dream doesn't exist and you can't get ahead through hard work. And so when you see things like uh, people using uh, studying hard at math to get ahead, they have to destroy it. So there's an effort to get rid of these magnet schools um, and basically bring down our lowest our, our highest achieving people. Um, and so that's basically equity is, you know, uh, as you said, uh, there's a lot of talk about racial disparities among teachers. They focus on the gap between races instead of just helping all children. And so if you can bring Asians down or bring whites down, then you've actually shrunk the gap between blacks and whites and blacks and Asians. And so they pat themselves on the back. Um, but the funny thing is, if you wanted to help poor people, and minorities, you would just teach them those three R's, not racism, 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 but reading, writing, arithmetic, and then they go on and they get high paid jobs. And so if we have sort of this entrenched lower class in this country, the teachers are partially to blame for that. 
because oh, unquestionably. By, by t- taking schools away from just focusing on the basics and hard work and meritocracy, um, they're just perpetuating this status quo. And, and so equity basically means equal outcomes for all, which is essentially communism. Um, and you get that by, of course, just like in communism, bringing the top people down or just cooking the books and just stop measuring things. And so with these um, specialized magnet schools, they're trying to just get rid of the test. And they've, you see them doing it at colleges with the SAT too. So we just won't give the test because tests are racist. And then voila, we've eliminated racial disparities. Do you realize that MIT has just resumed using the SAT scores for its admissions office and admission candidates? They To think that these major schools have walked away from the SAT, and it does have problems. There's no doubt about it. We're talking with Luke Rosiak. He is the author of the very important book, Race to the Bottom, Uncovering the Secret Forces Destroying American Public Education. Luke, again, congratulations on the book. Uh, What has been the reaction to the book? Uh, Have you heard from the teachers' unions? They're kind of coming after me. I doubt any of them have read the book. It's funny because it's not even that partisan of a book. I'm known for, of course, the Loudoun County scandals, breaking the story about how they created a hit list on parents and then later breaking the story of the rape cover up. Um, and so some of this, like I've done a lot about critical race theory and all this culture war issues. But it's funny when I started investigating the schools, what I found is that those issues are essentially the cover up to the crime. And the crime is the fact that we're failing to teach kids. The right. cover up is like when you have these consultants come in and say the tests are racist. Well, that's pretty convenient because now we get to ignore the horrible stats. Um, so, yeah, it is funny. Uh, you know, they're they're going to say what they're going to say. But these are profoundly dishonest people. These are the same people that claim schools are underfunded or property taxes of your town determine how much funding they get. So poor, poor areas have less funding, which is totally untrue. They're just complete liars. Um But, you know, basically the issue is you said it very well, the standardized tests are the only things they don't lie about. And that's why they they say things like um, we've got to get rid of standardized tests because it causes teachers to teach to the test, which is total nonsense. Like if the test is about math, of course, the teacher should be teaching to the test. Most of these times, these you don't even have to pass the test to advance to the next grade. It's purely an analytical measure to see if like how the teacher is doing and how the school is doing. So these teachers are basically willing to do anything to get out of a job evaluation. And we all have to do job evaluations. We have to see, are we, are we, are we doing what we're supposed to be doing? And the teachers just know if you look at these stats about how competent people are in, in reading and writing and arithmetic, um, once people realize that everything changes. And so if they can talk about things like social, emotional learning, well, how do you give a grade in that? You know, like here's a gold star, your emotions seem state, you know, like it's subjective. And so that's really, I think what a lot of this, of course, there are true believers in the crazy ideologies and that's part of it. But then there's this other faction and they have this weird alliance. And the other faction is just using this stuff because they just want to get paid to work in these schools and not do a very good job. And so they've embraced this ideology because the one thing that unites all the uh, all the 
jargon that you hear like social emotional learning and culturally sustainable responsible education blah 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 what it all really means is it's subjective just take our word for it we're going to give everyone a's or whatever but you'll never be able to it's not a multiple choice where there's either right or wrong and so we can basically rig the stats and so i started looking at the school system as almost like enron it's like a statistical fraud is is really underlying all of it we're and we as a as a government as a nation do not have the ability to get an astronaut to the International Space Station unless we hitch a ride on a, uh, a Russian rocket and, and capsule, or we turn to Mr. Elon Musk. And I, by the way, prefer this uh, approach. He privatized it. He is the only one providing transportation as a private uh, citizen and company to the International Space Station. And I guarantee you, when he talks about Mars, he's the guy who's going to be leading the way. Uh, your thoughts about society and the quality of our education. Well, I mean, I think that's why you saw see in Silicon Valley them hiring a lot of people from India and China using these H-1Bs. It's because our American kids are not qualified to have these jobs that we need to have a first world country and a stable society and who are going to create this healthcare advancements and national security developments and, um, you know, create the next uh, vaccine that's going to get us out of some health problem. Uh, you know, we you're going to drive across the bridge designed by someone who's been told by radical CRT consultants that math is racist. Uh, that's dangerous. Uh, society is going to collapse if we're indulging this idea that's become commonplace on the far left, that there is no such thing as objectivity and that merit is a myth. Um, math matters, science matters, hard work matters. Um, but I'll tell you where some of these CRT ideas are really coming from. I, I spent quite a while investigating the money trail doing this book. And um, what I found is that it comes from the Ford Foundation, the Kellogg Foundation, the Rockefeller Foundation. Um, and these groups have a hundred year history of total racism in the early in their early existence. They were pushing eugenics um, in the 1950s. They created a warehouse of American families and they decided which ones were desirable and which ones we should keep from procreating. It's total creepiness. And now fast forward 100 years, you've got them funding the activist groups who are coming into schools and saying, well, you know, math is racist and hard work and, and, and worship of the written word, as they call it, is an attribute of white culture. So these are the same racists saying the same racist thing, which is that black people can't, um, you know, live alongside of whites and work hard and jump on time. It's total nonsense. And when you realize who's funding it, it's really the same creepy eugenics ideas with the same effect, which is the perpetuation of this underclass by by yeah. by telling minority kids that they can't do all the same things that uh, everyone else does, which is, of course, total BS. I, I, it's just terrible what's happening in this country. We've got people who actually feel guilty about asserting their own ideas in their own communities about their own schools. And they're listening to these, these ignorant teachers' unions and, and basically cowering before them. I can't stand it uh, that we have become such a passive uh, and malleable uh, uh, society in this country. Yeah, I, 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 I like that you said that because, first of all, the 
issue that bothers me most, I think, is that we all want our kids to be happy as parents. That's what we want most, more than them even being smart, uh, successful. We just want them to be happy. And when you look at kids like Greta Thunberg or David Hogg, they're clearly not happy. They're constantly worked up into anxiety that's been pushed on them by adults about things that they don't have the life experience to contextualize. Uh, you know, they, they literally believe like the world is ending and it's really sad. That's what they want for these kids is to make them all feel that they're oppressed when they didn't previously perceive any oppression. Making yeah. kids sad is evil. And no parent should want it. Um, but, you know, basically one of the things that I think is most uh, interesting to read in this book is the consultants who have made millions of dollars off yep. of this and how they all are just total charlatans with some unhappiness in their own life that they're projecting onto everyone else. And so one of them out of Seattle has become very important in this area. She, I found, I looked into her personal background. She's married a child molester and moved her eight-year-old kid in with this guy that just got out of prison for molesting huh. a nine-year-old girl. Um, and then she, the kid has like mental issues and she makes the kid trans according to her ex-husband um you know basically she pretends that she's oppressed in seattle because she's hispanic where, where, well, in the world the where are the child protective services that that woman has responsibilities to that child that transcend her uh choice to be uh, virtue signaling uh, by marrying a a, a a pedophile for god's sake yeah. I mean, there's arguably like mental illness, like uh, on these people yeah. where this lady is, you know, she's a quarter Hispanic. She looks white um, and she lives in his in Seattle. And she says, well, I finally understood why I've been unhappy my whole life. It's because I'm being persecuted for being Chicanx. And it's like, dude, literally no one even. First of all, there's not a bunch of racists running around Seattle. And literally, you look white. No one knows that like one of your four grandparents were Hispanic. Clearly, this is a woman who has mental issues where she's sad. There's something broken about her. And now she's found and she thinks she's found a reason, which is hidden racism in, of all places, Seattle. And so she starts teaching these kids in Seattle. Well, everything is racist. Everyone hates you. Math is racist. And so she's telling the minorities in Seattle, which is where Microsoft and Amazon are based, that math isn't for them. Well, guess what? These companies are dying to pay people like a quarter million bucks a year to do computer coding, which is basically math. And so here, this woman who pretends that she's who's basically a white woman who's just has this completely made up background that she's oppressed is, is causing kids to be sad and to be permanently impoverished. And then there's another guy, Glenn Singleton. Who's a really, if you hear the word in your school district, uh, for, for all your listeners, there's a good chance they've heard this phrase, courageous conversations. That all comes from this guy, Glenn Singleton. He's a black guy, but guess what? He went to a Jewish day school growing up where he was the head of the horseback riding club. His hobbies include singing and dancing and Broadway musicals. He went to an Ivy League school, and now he's making millions of dollars teaching people what it means to be black. This, it's it's a total farce and what he's telling kids it means to be black are hard work is 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 a white thing that's not for you it's it's complete craziness that is being pushed by just a total charlatan and and when you you're sitting in that local school, uh, school board meeting and you start listening to the uh, pedantic uh, sanctimonious uh, teachers, representatives, and sometimes the administration as well, since they all went to the same education department usually. 
you, you can't even make head nor tails of what the hell they're saying. Uh, because everybody in the room that's a parent who's a parent uh, is working for a living, uh, is paying taxes for everybody in that building, paid for the building. Uh, and we're being told, you know, just buzz off and just, uh, you know, put away your racist uh, hangups and all of your uh, triggers uh, that have been inherited uh, from your forebears. We're going to do things our way. And our way is the hell with S-T-E-M. The hell with your objective uh, testing and uh, multiple choice. We're going to have highly impressionistic and subjective testing where the teacher can decide whether you're left or not, if whether your parents are liberal enough, whether you really get wokeness and how you uh, how you uh, uh, work so hard to not offend anyone in your class, Johnny or Jill. It's sickening to watch what we've become, and it is a war. I mean, Disney has entered the CRT sweepstakes. It's entered the woke uh, brigades uh, and wants to have the gayest kids movie yet. Uh, and the head of <laughs> Disney Entertainment says she wants half, half of the movies Disney produces to be uh, for, for trans, for gays, for uh, the un, uh, underrepresented. Who, what in the <laughs> hell is she talking about? I mean, we, what we've seen over the last couple of years is people willing to inflict emotional, physical, and sexual abuse on children in order to advance their own interests. Um, whether it's, you know, abortion to this lady on the Supreme Court who's letting child molesters out of jail to what they did with the masks um, to CRT, which is making kids sad. And then this Disney thing. I mean, transgender people have a very high rate of suicide. I mean, we shouldn't want to induce more children to become transgender who haven't thought of it on their own. And we're like persuading them. Um, I'm curious about something, Lou. How many transgender people are there in this country? Because this has exploded upon our our society in the last two, maybe three years. Uh, You would hear a rare instance of it uh, 20, 30 years ago. But now it is a identified group. Uh, It is a a group that has immense political and, and social power. Uh, and is occupying mind space for anyone who watched children's television more than five minutes. I mean, yeah, obviously, our, if there was that many transgenders, I don't think our, our society, just biologically speaking, would have uh, been able to procreate for all these generations. Uh, it, clearly, there's not, half the people are not transgender, but Biz- Disney wants half half the people to be gay or transgender. Uh, first of all, I'm proud to be working at the Daily Wire, where they, they pledge to spend $100 million over the next couple of years creating their own um, children's entertainment. And I, I, that's you know, great. I think that's, yeah, it's good, amazing. Good. They're not going to be doing, I, I, I think the goal is not to create political propaganda for kids. It's not going to be indoctrinating them to be con- like mini Ben Shapiro's. It's just going to be regular stuff that lets kids, just, kids. You, you just took a load off my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want, I don't want any of our kids talking that fast, but I would like, <laughs> I would like them to think that well. How's that? <laughs> yeah, we got to let kids be kids. And, uh, you know, it's really I, I don't think most Democrat voters or regular people who consider themselves Democrats would support this. But we've got to stand up. Like you said, the Democrats need to stand up against this nonsense. But then the hell with the Democrats. Wait a minute. Look, I know you're a, you're, you're a good <laughs> American and you believe, uh, you know, 
I, I, I got to be honest with you. The Democrats are not Democrats. They're Marxists. They are not responsible American citizens. They are trying to destroy, destroy this country. And there is no doubt about it, Luke. I, I know that you live near Washington uh, and that, uh, you know, you've got to work with these people. Well, I live out on a farm in an undisclosed location. And I want to tell you the hell with the Democratic Party, because they put Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in the White House. And I have never seen two more inept, incompetent people in my life in government service of any kind, let alone the two top jobs in America. We have our entire nation at risk because of the Democratic Party, its actions, uh, and its lack of principle. Uh, I won't even get into the election of 2020. I won't get into any number of issues. But let me say, until the Democrats can act like responsible citizens of this great country, instead of confused and lazy citizens of the world who are just waiting to work for either Xi Jinping or Vladimir Putin, I say the hell with them. They're still globalists, and we're now hearing about something called supply side, uh, supply disruptions, supply chain disruptions. Uh, Luke, they're a problem. They are running this country. They, they lead their mayors of the top 20 cities. They have both uh, houses uh, of our legislature. They run the White House. They have the courts. The, the list goes on. This yeah. is a well, democratically led country, and they're screwing it up every day for hundreds of millions of people. I do not approve. Of course. And that's the thing is that there are traditional people who like voted for Bill Clinton, you know, back in the day who still think it's the same Democratic Party of the of of, of that age. And it's not what's going on in the schools is a fringe failed idea. You know, most of this equity stuff comes from Seattle and Minneapolis, and it hasn't worked there. They've been doing it for 20 years. And in Minneapolis, they're burning down their own city because they think it's so racist in Seattle. The race and also because they thought it'd help win the election in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> and the, in Seattle, you know, the racial disparities are among the worst in the country. So we know that progressive policies don't work. The problem is actually even in conservative places now, they've started to mimic these failed policies. And so even like the Indiana State Board of Education, it has this thing called social justice standards that they get from the Southern Poverty Law Center. And let's go back to what you started with. You and your friends, the Democrats, <laughs> do we really have to have Democratic friends? Do we really? Because I, they're trying to kill us, Luke. They're trying to kill us. Yeah, no. So where I live in Virginia, there essentially <laughs> no one agreed with the school shutdowns. It was evil what they did to the kids. And Absolutely. there were some former Democrats who went over and voted for, for her Glenn Young kid. And then there were others who just wanted to complain about it and admit that the policies were bad. But at the end of the day, they hated Trump more than they loved their own kids. My and so, God, <laughs> which is it, it, it tells you the levels of the Trump derangement syndrome. But the, you know, it, it tells me the level of the IQ of these idiots who make <laughs> up the left. That's all that tells me. Yeah. I, but, I mean, hey, here's we, a president who all he did was make promises on the campaign trail in 2015 and 16 and did the unthinkable. We had a president who actually kept his promises to the American people. And he favors, by the way, working men and women, our middle-class families and everyone who aspires to it and small business. 
Those are his peeps, the forgotten Americans. And that was his offense because the global elitist uh, establishment uh, pencil neck buttercups yeah. uh, are running the country. Yeah, that's right. And I think we're seeing a similar, almost populist style revival because of schools where a lot of people who in the past were not politically engaged, had no choice but to get involved because what they because they were coming for their kids. They understood that bad people were trying to take their kids from them. And so it's been amazing to see parents become the country's newest special interest group and start yeah, showing up at these school board meetings. And hey, by you, the way, you you broke the Loudoun County uh, story. Uh, tell us how that came to be, by the way, if you would. Well, I knew I have several stories about loud and really crazy stuff in this book. I was familiar with it from researching the book. And um, I saw the man being arrested the same way everyone else did on TV, where there's a school board meeting about transgender and a dad is angry there and the cops beat him up. And you see this picture where he's handcuffed with a bloody face being dragged away. And so they put him on CNN. They put him everywhere, you know, bigot arrested for being uh, probably transphobic at this school board meeting. What no one did is ask this dude, like, why were you mad? And so I just called him up and I said, Hey, I understand. I saw that you were clearly uh, worked up at the school board meeting. What was the deal? And he said, Luke, my daughter was raped three weeks prior in school, in a school bathroom by a transgender person. And the, the superintendent at that meeting had just told everybody because the meeting was about trying to push this transgender policy. He lectured all the parents and said, you're bigots if you're concerned about some safety issue. We've never had any um, sec- any assault of any type in our bathrooms. And so he lied. And then they arrested the victim of the rape, uh, the father of the rape victim. And they wanted to put him in jail. And this is like for disorderly conduct. You have the Soros funded DA who doesn't think anyone should go to prison. Actual child abusers should not go to yep. prison. But then they wanted to put this across, guy into- across the country, by the way, not just Loudoun County. But county after county, major metropolitan senators, centers, uh, you're exactly right. I'm so sorry. they don't have any actual principles. I mean, they're they're perfectly OK with mass incarceration. If they can put uh, conservatives or parents who are challenging the teachers unions in prison, they'll do it. And so um, yeah, let, me get, um, let me guess. This fellow was white. OK, yeah, he was a blue collar plumber, oh. white guy. And, um, you know, basically they, they just tried to put him in prison when his daughter was raped. And, the you know, the, the rapist didn't go to prison. The rapist was convicted. This man was telling the truth. Um, his daughter was raped by a transgender, by a person wearing a skirt and a blouse in the schools. But the schools repeatedly lied about it. And so I knew to look for that kind of style. And that's kind of what this book is. What I did in Loudoun, I do for 61 different school districts in this and, and i and it, it i understand the patterns and that's my goal and is for readers to be able to understand because i can't come to every school district and and bust these things open but i can assure you that it's going on in every school district even if you live in a rural place like indiana or a red state they have infiltrated every nook and cranny and so um we have got to one of the things that i try to do in this book is through all these stories of corruption and fraud and lying and harming kids is help people understand all that jargon that you mentioned you go to these school board meetings and they try to trick you and confuse you with their fancy like lingo and it's an alphabet soup of you know acronyms of crap yeah, it is crap. And so I took the time and I worked with Peter Schweitzer on this book. He really helped me out with investigative resources right. and research help. And so he's the best researcher ever. You know, he did Clinton Cash. And a so great, we read a great American and one of our greatest. And I'm talking about all history 
one of our greatest investigative reporters, Peter Swain. Yeah, he's awesome. And so we read all the papers. We read all the CRT stuff, all the education stuff that the teachers read. I understand all the acronyms, but you saved everybody a lot of time, Lou. You, you summarized it pretty well. It's all <laughs> crap. Um, <laughs> it's not that I'm not aware because they love to say, well, you just don't understand it. You don't even know what CRT is. Oh, I know what it is. But it's all crap. But what this book does is explain it in a way that once you, that you can go to these school board meetings and they're going to mumble a bunch of complicated sounding crap to you and you're going to be able to turn around on them and shove it down their throat and just embarrass them in front of everybody because these are empty ideas uh, pushed by low IQ people who created this artificial barrier of fake complexity to keep parents out. But we're woken up now, and it's not just parents, by the way. Some parents fear that they're going to be retaliated against, which I don't know if that's, you know, whatever, right right or wrong. What I want to mention is grandparents can go to these meetings, too. And guess what? They can't do anything to you. You're out of school. Your kids aren't in school. You can say whatever you want to these people, and they can't do a thing about it. Because if you're a taxpayer, whether you're a grandparent or parent or you don't have kids at all, these schools belong to you. And we should be going to the school board meetings and getting in their faces. Well, that's exactly what Deb and I are going to be doing a lot up. We're going to be at the city council meetings. We're going to be at the school board meetings. We're going to go to a few zoning meetings. We're going to do, we're going to kind of drift in and out and around our municipal government, our county government and say hi to everybody. We're going to, <laughs> and I, you know what, because I'm asking every American, every American to get involved in this election, to get involved at their local level. Don't worry about the United Nations. We got people to take care of that. But let's all, all citizens of this country, get to those school board meetings, get to our city council meetings and take control of our lives where we can have the greatest influence on policy is the last place most of us go uh, for our politics. And we need to reverse that now and make sure that we are uh, moving this country back in the right direction and uh, that we're once again a country of destiny rather than bogged down in nonsense. <laughs> I mean, you're exactly right. That's what inspired me to write this book. And I actually was, you know, a national reporter and I kind of left that all behind. And I said, I made a big mistake here. Local is what matters. That's what impacts people's lives. We all have our opinion about the president and things like that, but where we can make a difference is local. And there were some really bad, essentially communists who had taken over and it's coordinated at the national level, but they have decided to take over local government while we're all distracted looking one way, which is national. They've come creeping in the back door and taken over our, our local government. Um, and that's kind of one of the things that I expose in this book, but it really is the most important. It's those prosecutors, it's education and zoning matters too. They could be coming for your farm. You know, they could be trying to build high rises everywhere and demolish the suburbs because the suburbs are racist. So local politics matter. We can make a difference. Um, I, I think that's one of the things that um, the pandemic, they tried to shut down schools and do all this stuff, but they really overplayed their hand. We're woken up now. We've got to keep showing up to all these local county, uh, county and city and town um, political stuff. Good for you. I look, you're, you, you've done the country a great service. Uh, you know, God bless you. Uh, and I'm talking with Luke Rosiak, the author of Race to the Bottom, the uncovering the secret forces destroying American public education. Uh, and and I, we recommend the book to you highly. Uh, please, uh, please go out and buy the book. Uh, it, it's just too important not to. Uh, I want to go back to something else because you were talking about, uh, we mentioned briefly, uh, Disney. 
Disney and the transgender uh, controversy, I guess it, uh, it, we can call it a transgender controversy in Florida. Uh, it, it's really a question of who controls the schools. Uh, the, the woke Marxist left managed to brand it in their complicit left-wing corporate media as don't say gay, which I thought was an interesting piece of propaganda and messaging because it doesn't say gay anywhere. It doesn't say don't say gay. Uh, it is in point of fact about parental rights and not having five to nine-year-olds exposed to sex education, basically. Is that not right? And that's why they have to lie about it, because when you tell the truth about it, it's something that literally every person except probably pedophiles would agree with. Don't talk about sex with other people's kindergartners. But they, they lie all the time. It didn't surprise me at all because the education, the rhetoric around education has been so dishonest for decades. They've counted on people not actually looking into it enough to check the facts. Um, but, you know, you have the PTA, for example, is I want to mention that because some people think, well, I go to PTA meetings, so I'm an, I'm an involved parent. The PTA is, is captured by this, too. Why is there a T in there? Why is there a teacher in the? We need a parents association because you know, what they're a, doing. You know, I had never thought of that. I, I, and I, I want to credit you for that. I had never thought about why PTA. I think we should have a sense of, of insisting that the teachers and the principals and the superintendents uh, understand their obligation to those students and to the parents. And by God, they better not try to separate parents from their children. Uh, they better be listening to parents. And we should, as parents and grandparents, be making certain uh, in our local school systems that they are paying attention to the community, period. I mean, and some of these teachers are actually in Florida saying they're going to quit if they pass this bill. So it's not just like, it's not just secondary that they want to talk about your kid to your kindergartner about sex. It's like their main function of being in the job. If they're like, if I can't talk to kindergartners about sex, then why am I even here? Um, they're literally saying they're going to, going to quit <laughs> So the teacher. I mean, and then they have the, yeah, the PTA is basically saying, what's your role as a parent. It's conditioning you that your job as a parent is to go into the kitchen and make some cookies for a bake sale and then mm -hmm. sell them and give the teacher's money like your, your role as a parent is not to go into the kitchen and bake snacks i mean our role as parents is we have our own interests which are very much different from the teachers union interests um but what they're doing is yeah i mean there there is a constellation of nefarious activists coming for our kids and if we don't fight back now uh we really don't have much uh time to spare because you look at these stats about like the 12th graders i mean these are like 18 year olds who are going to be voting now by the way um the num number of kids who can almost know like high schoolers can pass the citizenship test uh, for America. And, right. you know, most of the immigrants that come over here can actually pass the test. Our own American kids can't pass it. The older generation, they can all pass it, but the younger ones can't. Um, and so basically, how are we going to have a country in 10 years? Some of these kids are like 18 years old right now. They're going to be voting. They're going to be working in just a couple of years. And so this is like a very effective way to take over and destroy the country uh, by coming for, for their kids. But the good news is we severely outnumber them. We dramatically outnumber them. We're talking about a small amount of ideologues who are paid by these activist groups or to work in the schools versus essentially everyone who's ever procreated, all of us parents, there's a ton of us. And now that we're 
woken up. Um, they have a head start because they're paid. They're they're in these schools. We're we're busy. We're working we're working our normal jobs and raising our kids, and we've got to have time to then go to these school board meetings and get in the face of the superintendent and things like that. So it's hard, but we outnumber them. And once we're woken up, I think now that we're woken up, I think they're kind of running scared. Um, so I'm kind of optimistic about this. Uh, it's just going to take a lot of hard work and it takes a certain level of skepticism because people don't want to believe that it's in their schools and they don't want to believe that the principal there is lying to them. But you have to be incredibly skeptical. You've got to verify everything they say. You've got to be on the on the lookout for them playing these word games. Um, and it is kind of funny. Everyone thinks, you know, because I've done so much on broken all these Loudoun County schools. Some people think the the story. Some of the people think the the takeaway is that Virginia schools are bad. The school the, the schools are captured everywhere. It's kind of like this thing where when you look at opinion polls, people of course think Congress is very bad, but a lot of people think their own congressman is good, um, which doesn't make much sense. And it's the same thing with schools. Well, the, the latter part of that certainly doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the people think, oh, yeah, that we have a lot of problems in schools in this country, but it's not my school. It is your school. You've got to get involved. And that's the thing about local governments. You can't count on someone else. I mean, I can't come to your every school district. There's 13,000 school districts. I can't come to yours. Chris Rufo can't. You know, James Lindsay can't. There's a number of people who have been really doing good work at the, at the national level on all these schools. Yep. But at the end of the day, the parents have got to take responsibility because we can't count on someone else to, to, to save you. We've got to save ourselves. You're exactly right. And, and you have laid out a great treatise in Race to the Bottom, uh, Uncovering the Secret Forces Destroying American Public Education. Uh, Luke Rosiak, uh, you're, a, you're a great American. You've done the country a great service. And I just, I just have to say, it, it's a fight that we all, folks, we've all got to have this fight. I know you may, you know, Luke, Luke says he'll talk to a Democrat. Okay, I get that. <laughs> but don't talk too long to a Democrat. You know, I, let's, <laughs> let's understand, there is no question whatsoever. The Democratic Party is trying to destroy this nation, and they're, and they're doing an awfully good job of it. Uh, and we've got to, in November, make certain. And we've got to start now. If we're going to have integrity in this electoral system, we've got to start now. So get down to your uh, your election office, get down to your city council, get down uh, to, uh, to your local government and get engaged and involved and volunteer, especially to be poll watchers, to work on this election. Because And don't let anybody push you away from that, uh, that opportunity to volunteer. Uh, it's just too important. Luke, you you have, uh, as I said, written a, a book you well know. It's uh, it's extremely important. I just want to underline again, it is a fight, folks, worth having. Um, this has to be, as Americans, our red line. And when, when they trespass on our kids, that's when it ends. Uh, we've got to take it back. And you are under no obligation to be bipartisan, nonpartisan, be partisan as you possibly can be because the other side means to destroy this great nation without question. Luke, we thank you for your handbook. It's always uh, this uh, handbook on patriotism and saving the children. Uh, I love the title, Race to the Bottom. It's our, uh, it's our convention here to always give our guests the very last word. And this is your uh, uh, opportunity for a few concluding thoughts, if you will. 
Well, thank you so much, Lou. You have a, a such a, a depth way of uh, seeing through all, all of this. And that's exactly right. I mean, we just need to show up for these school board meetings with courage and confidence. I've tried to explain why in this book. I mean, you get the courage, but because these, these people are truly trying to take your kids from you, you get the confidence because I'm going to explain to you like exactly how you can counteract what these people are, are saying, because it's all nonsense once you see it. Um, we've got to fight for um, merit and and objectivity is real. They're basically putting conspiracy theories that objectivity doesn't exist. But um, it is absolutely, as you said, it is worth fighting for. These are these are our children. They're your children. And um, you know, if we don't fight back now, uh, then I don't I don't know what. <laughs> now is the time because we don't have too much time to spare. But but we can do it. Uh, as you suggested, I am fully skeptical uh, of the educational authorities, and I am moderately optimistic. I'll put it that way. Luke Rosiak, thanks for being with us. And again, race to the bottom, uncovering the secret forces, destroying American public education. Luke, God bless you. Thanks for being with us. Race to the bottom is a terrific book. I think it's a must read for all parents and grandparents with kids in public school for all patriots. In fact, thanks for being with us. And I hope you'll join us here tomorrow on the great America show when our guest will be Mark Simone. He always informs with his bright mind and quick wit, Mr. New York, tomorrow. We want to invite you to sign up for our Great America Show Advisory and Newsletter. Simply go to ludobs.com, that's ludobs.com, and click on the email newsletter button. It's as simple as that. And we'll send you our advisories and alerts, as well as our weekly newsletter, I don't want to overstate anything, but I'm pretty sure you will absolutely sense at least a small positive change in your world outlook. We invite you to join us and stay in touch. Thank you. That's ludobs.com. Thanks. God bless you. And God bless America.